0: Holy, holy, thank you, man, thank you. Well, welcome, everyone. It's good to see you here today. Welcome, everybody online. It's, uh, like Pastor Dino said, it's, it's great to see people coming back to church. It's great to see you here, um, and great to understand how we, we can fellowship, and we can speak to one another, and bless each other in the presence of the Lord and in the presence of each other we just, we just sang about being holy and we are called to be holy both in Leviticus and in Peter it says be holy because I am holy we are to be holy we are to be set apart we are to be different we are to be weird yeah you're called to be weird you are Christians are weird they are why are they weird? Because we don't do everything that everybody else does all the time. Sometimes we're normal, but sometimes we're weird, but that's okay. Jesus was thought of as weird. You know, as the more he spoke, the more he taught, the more people I thought he was weird, but some people thought that was a weird, great weirdness, and so they were attracted to him. Others one thought, oh, you're a threat. Guess what? If we're going to be holy... Because he is holy. If we are going to be his disciples because we follow him, that's the same reaction we're going to get when we follow Christ. It is. It is. And so tomorrow, tomorrow is one of those days. You know what I'm talking about? Halloween's around the corner, it's one of those days. And what happens on Halloween? Well, Probably one of the most popular events in the calendar. One of the most popular events. And we've, we've heard some great sermons from Pastor Dino around what happens on Halloween. The evil, some of the things that go on. And I tell you, I've experienced it firsthand. I've spoken to people who worshiped Satan. I remember sitting down with a gentleman when Helen and I and our family were downtown and he told me, Julio, I was a Satanist. And, you know, if I remember a story straight, he basically said, I, I remember going to church when I was young. I remember hearing about God. I remember all those things. But I ended up in the church of Satan. Worshipping Satan. And you know what he said? He said, if Christians experienced what I experience, I think they'd have a different view about Halloween. But I know it's a controversial thing. You go on the web... And you'll see people speaking about how we should participate. Other people saying how we should abstain. I know. And I know, you don't have to tell me, that there are some of you who recognize the evil in Halloween but still believe that it is a day that can be something you participate in. I know that there are people in this room that believe that. I know that there are people online that believe that. Despite all the evil... You're not deterred. You think, you think everything is okay. That there are reasonable arguments and reasonable ways for us to behave as Christians on Halloween. And to be an example. There are many of us who maybe have the opposite view. But let's look into this let's look into this today because I want to dig into this side of the story and say what are Christians saying about participating in Halloween especially those who say that it's okay I want to deep dive into that I want to know what they're saying so I scoured the internet as we all do right I scoured the internet I tell you, I, I keep telling my kids, you know, when I went to school, you know, there was no internet. I had to spend weekends and nights in the library going through those catalogs. And you know what? We used to have those paper catalogs. You know, and you had to pull these, and they were long, you know. It, when they started, library started getting, you'd pull this paper catalog off and it would come out and it felt like it would come out two meters. And you'd be going through, Okay. Take it out, okay, the book is over in this section, so I have to go up to the third floor to section this and and, and find all this information. It used to take me, this was the frustrating part, it used to take me probably half an hour to find a book that I think was valuable, and when I got there, it didn't tell me. I had to go through the table of contents, maybe go through the index, maybe find it, and then maybe it was useless. And a lot of times, you just took a whole bunch of books home, and then you'd hope one or two were good out of the ten that you took. And so today, the internet is like such a great place. You just go, boom. Nowadays, you save so much more time. It is so much easier. Everybody is on there. Everybody with all the different views. And so here are some of the ones that, I've, that I have that I heard. Well, other Christians do it so I can as well. Right? Well, so-and-so does it. This church does it. I hear that a lot. I know this Christian family do it, and they do it, and it's fine. Or I know this church does it, and they they do it every year, and it's fine. So if it's fine for them, it's got to be fine for me, right? No. No. That's good. That's good. Then I, I heard this argument. Well, Julio. I can see some people saying, Julio, what's the difference between Halloween, Christmas, and Easter? Kind of got a point there. I think most scholars would recognize that Easter probably didn't happen in April. And in fact, should we even be calling Easter Easter? I mean, I grew up, we never used to call Easter, Easter, we used to call it Passover in Portuguese. I think there are some people here who come from different backgrounds and they would, they would call it Passover. Yet we call it Easter. Or Christmas. Christmas didn't exist until a few hundred years ago. Yeah, it's true. For over a thousand years, from the time Christ was born, about 13 or 1400 years, there was no Christmas. It wasn't practiced on December 25th? What was practiced on December 25th was a Roman pagan ritual. What was practiced on April was a pagan festival. Just like the pagan festival that's being practiced tomorrow. So all we did, Julio, as a church in history, in order to teach the populace that didn't know the truth about Christ, we just moved our, our celebrations over to those dates. Right? So the Passover, we made it in April because it's around the same time as some of the big pagan festivals. And Christmas, we celebrated it. It took about 100 years of arguing in the church, but finally they started celebrating it, and it was to replace the Roman Celebration on December 25th. By the way, that's where we get the cards. It wasn't a Christian invention. It was actually from the Roman pagan practices. Not to say that it's wrong. Giving somebody a card that says something nice is not necessarily a wrong thing. But you see, if we've done that with Easter, and then we did that with Christmas then the pagan celebration of Samhain, which is where Halloween gets a lot of its stuff from, we're no different. We just moved All Saints Day to November 1st, just like we moved Christmas to December 25th and Easter to where it is. So what's the big deal, Julio? That's another argument on the net. That's a little bit harder to deal with, isn't it? the harder one to deal with well some people say quote scripture and say be in the world but not of the world right so okay julio okay it's really evil we heard pastor dino um, talk about how evil it is we've heard online you know former satanists who have become christian warning us against it and and i know the dangers but i think i can mitigate that Okay, I think that we can be in the world, be part of this whole Halloween party, but not get into that stuff. Avoid it and be different. That's the other argument I've heard. And then there's this whole argument about, well, it's really about saints, All Saints Day. So forget about, don't talk about paganism, let's talk about the All Saints Day celebration. That's what we should focus. So I heard all these stories on the net from a variety of different backgrounds. And here are the four that I'd like to deal with today. And so there are four main ones that I thought, okay, these are probably pretty good arguments. The best ones I could find from some really well-known people who publish online. And they even had scripture Okay, scripture. So I'm going to go into the scripture that they use to justify their position. And we'll look at that today too. Okay, We'll see what they're saying. And then, and then we'll deep dive into the Bible. You guys ready? You guys ready? Okay. Let's deep dive into it. All right. The first one. Here it is. The first one is the Bible says nothing against Halloween. Halloween is even a word used. There are a lot of people who make that claim. A lot of them. And then they, they, they basically point out Romans 14.1. Romans chapter 14, verse 1. This is what it says. It says, and they really focus on the last one. But let us not quarrel over opinions or let us not dispute about the gray area. You believe what you believe. I believe what we believe. We need to keep peace. Okay? In the church. I believe that we can participate in, in Halloween because really it's about Hallow's Eve and it's about All Saints Day it's about the Holy Day and that's what it's about and that's what I'm going to focus on and you have European I have my opinion and I respect you Pastor Dino and Pastor Julio but this is my opinion and so they'll quote Romans 14 1. <clears throat> now Romans 14 1 is not about talking about evil. It's completely taken out of context. And so to use this scripture doesn't make any sense to me. But I'll tell you, you'll look online and a lot of them use it. In fact, a lot of different denominations and Christians and and pastors will use that to justify their view of things that might be different from yours. Here's another one here's another one you know well before I go there before I go there let me say this to you if Romans 14 was was real if Halloween wasn't in the Bible and it was all an opinion I have one thing I'd like to say okay one thing I'd like to say and this is based on what we know and what you know deep down in your heart and here's a quote made famous by Obama but not originated from Obama, but it says you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. (laughs) I don't care how you dress up Halloween. I don't care how you make things cute. I don't care how you actually go about it. The very fact of the matter is Halloween has evil in it. You cannot skirt that issue. You cannot. In fact, that one person that I met had a lot to say about how if we as Christians actually knew exactly what was going on on Halloween, how we would actually flee from that day and any participation in it. He goes on to say that they actually see that as their Christmas, their highlight of the year, where they go and worship in hiding in secret places where they elevate Satan. While we're out there making it nice and cute, they're using it as a celebration and it gets worse. The second argument I've seen is, you know, we have to redeem the time. And it comes from a concept in, in Revelation 21.5. We've got to redeem the time. Okay. And, you know, and he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for the words are trustworthy too. Another piece of scripture being used to justify, Well, I can go in into, into Halloween and I can make things new through the power of Christ. I, this was an argument. And I'm going, Wow! You know, talk about being totally, totally out of context. First of all, you're not Christ. You cannot redeem the time, only Christ can. And here, these are, these are Christian writers and pastors who are using this scripture in this way. My goodness, I remember, saying, remember hearing 10, 20 years ago that the level of Christian understanding of scripture is declining year after year. And I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it with my own eyes online. How they use scripture to justify positions that make no sense and and a lot of the people who fit into this camp will say well we can do things just like at christmas to diminish the impact of the pagan festival on our christian way of doing things well guess what christians have been trying to do this for hundreds of years it didn't just start now yeah, anybody ever hear of reformation day yeah That was started a few hundred years ago because the reformers, the Protestants, didn't want their children to celebrate either the aspect of Samhain, which is the pagan festival, or even the Catholic concept of All Saints Day. So you know what they did? Is they created Reformation Day, which is they had all their children dress up in Bible characters, and they had parties. And they tried to do this year after year. And we've been trying for centuries to try and, and make placé, if I can put that, whole impact of Halloween. You know what Einstein said insanity is? You know what his definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I think, as Christians, we should wake up and smell the coffee. This is not like Christmas and Easter. Not at all. I don't agree necessarily with the dates we picked in the calendar, but the the dates we have, the most important thing, is how we celebrate them, what's in our heart. That's how God judges us. It's scriptural. God seeks the heart and tests the mind. So yes, we made mistakes in the past, but that doesn't mean that going forward we have to make those same mistakes. And we can worship Passover the way God wants us to. Even in April, we can worship Christ and his birth at Christmas. And going forward, we can do that. Even though the date was picked for the wrong reasons, we can still do it. Because we really don't know the exact date. And guess what? God stands out of time anyway. Do you think God is bound by time? We've said this so many times. My life, the day I was born, today and the day I die, God sees it now instantaneously time is irrelevant to God so he doesn't really care what day you choose really what's important is what you do on that day but on this day Halloween it's been very very different very different you know some people will hand out tracts or try to do something to try and, and you know and you know what I'm not going to judge you on handing out tracks. I'm not going to judge you on trying to be different or try to be a light. However, I must ask you to look at the truth of what has happened, what is happening, and what is likely to happen over time. Really, do we have anything to do with Halloween? Look carefully. We've tried for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. Why is it that that kind of a festival back-to-back with the Catholic and Anglican festival has turned out to be one of the things that has brought so much pain and evil into this world? Let me go on. Well, some say, you know, we celebrate All Saints Day. We celebrate All Saints Day. Well, the first thing I would say is, well, um, if you're in this church at least... We're not Catholic or Anglican. And if you are Catholic or Anglican, I'm not trying to, to, you know, do anything to put you down, but we're here in a Pentecostal church. We don't celebrate All Saints Day. We don't believe that you pray to the dead. We don't pray to saints. We pray to God. Right? We don't. So why use that as a justification? Why? It's funny, they, they come and they, I saw them use 2 Corinthians 3.18 where it says, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord. Well, guess what? I was a Catholic. I grew up a Catholic. They don't believe that we're all saints, guys. They don't. They have a very specific way of identifying who's a saint and who's not. And as Christians, we believe that we're all saints. We are all set apart. We are all a royal priesthood. Nowhere in the Bible did it say that once Christ saves you, that you are not a saint. In fact, it says that you are a saint. In fact, in this scripture, it says you are all. And so then they try to argue well, then, for all, why don't we do All Saints' Days and celebrate All Saints? Well, you should do that every day. You should do that every day. Not pick a day. You should do that every single day. We should be thankful of what Christ did. We should be thankful of who we are because of him. We should be thankful of each other. We should be thankful that we have each other to keep us in line to support each other. My aunt, I'll tell you a story. My aunt um, obviously was Catholic. And... And in my family, my parents and us were one of the first ones to become Christian and not be Catholic. <laughs> and I remember early on when Helen and I were married, we'd, we'd go to Portugal. And and after they found out that we had become Christian, we sort of got treated weirdly. I went. I remember going to one aunt's house... <laughs> And uh, my my mom says, "Oh, I want you to meet my sister." And she opened up the door, and only left two inches, and she wouldn't let us in. And she was going, "Hi, hi, how are you? You know, nice <laughs> to meet you." And Helen and I, looking at my mom, going, "Mom, you brought us here to stand at the doorway and talk. Hi, auntie. Hi, how are you?" And I didn't know what was going on, but I later on figured out we become Christian. We have turn our backs on catholicism that took a long time for people to get over eventually i think eventually she ended up opening the door inviting us in but that wasn't that day that was that was a long time from then people started realizing well you know you know, you're you still, you still a Christian, you know, like, okay, you know, you're not Catholic, but, you know, you don't seem so bad. You know? <laughs> so finally, my family started talking to us. But here's the one thing that's really beautiful, is that God's faithfulness in prayer started doing something in our family. Yeah. And they started asking us, well, why are you Christian? There must have been something happening in those that became Christian and one of the weirdest things that one of my aunts who lived in France became a Christian and we didn't even know it until one day we met in Portugal and and all of a sudden we're just talking at dinner and going well we, we're, we're Christian she goes you're Christian so am I. I go well what happened we became Christian can't well I became Christian in France and we were start celebrating you see my mom had eight brothers and sisters so there's two right there yeah. and we're going what's going on and then I remember the story of my my grandfather When he was growing up, he got a Bible from somebody in a a town nearby that he used to do business with. And back then, you weren't allowed to have a Bible. In fact, you could be fined or go to prison for having a Bible. So he hid it, and he started reading it. He started to realize that the truth that was in the Bible is something that a lot of times as Catholics, they didn't practice. And so he started, early on, warning his children about being different. That a lot of times what's in the Bible and scripture isn't what's being taught. Or that what they do isn't what God wants them to do. And so what ended up happening? One ant, two ants, a third ant. And then my third ant. The third ant who became Christian. This was a funny story. So here it is. So she becomes a Christian. And she's seeking God. But you got to understand that my aunt, she was very Catholic. Very Catholic. Okay? She loved the saints. When All Saints Day came, she had all her saints lined up. All of them. And we would walk into her house, and there would be a fireplace mantle. And there were all these little statues of these saints. All lined up. Perfectly. You know, and she would go by and, you know. You know, they are made of clay. But to her, they were like something real. And I prayed to this one for this, and this one for this, and this one for this. And I said, wow, this is complicated. (laughs) (laughs) And so she became a Christian. And then she realized... Like, we didn't go and judge her and say, you know, like, what you're doing is wrong. And that's one thing we got to be careful as Christians is not to start, when people become a Christian, or even people who are non-Christians, we start pointing fingers. You're doing this and you're doing that. You shouldn't do that anymore. We should let the Spirit do that. Okay? Not us. It is very easy for us to become judgmental as Christians. Very easy. And we got to stop doing that. Because Spirit sometimes might deal with something for me today that maybe for another person he deals 20 years from now. Remember, time is irrelevant to God. I've told you the story about the friend of mine who smoked, came here and somebody was on him. Well, what if God chooses to deal with his smoking 20 years from now because there's now? We've got to let the Spirit do the talking. And the only talking we should be doing is on our knees for that person. So my aunt... So my aunts didn't say anything about it, but they prayed. And then finally the conversation came up about the saints. And guess what happened? She goes, oh, I guess I should get rid of them, shouldn't I? <laughs> and we're like, yes, you should get rid of them. You shouldn't have them. So my other aunt, who's from France, she's, a bear, she's, a, she's one of the bold ones of the family. You know, like she's a bold woman, you know. Grab the bull by the horns, literally, and and I tell you, in this town, that's what they do, is they grab the whole bull by the horns. I tell you, in August, if you go to this hometown in Portugal, and you're 14 years old, guess what happens? They bring out the little bull, and he's got the real horns, and they just kick you out and say, go go deal with your fears, okay? So this is the kind of town that these women grew up in. It wasn't, wasn't something pleasant in Europe. This was tough. So here's my aunt. She's tough. And she goes, okay my other aunt, we're going to deal with this. She goes, how are we going to do with it? So she goes, okay, I'm going to grab it and I'm going to throw it in the, tra- in the fireplace and, and destroy it, okay, and shatter it. She goes, no. She goes, yes. So she went and grabbed it, threw it, boom, it shatters. Ah, you know, she was screaming. She goes, it might hurt them. She just, well, they ended up getting all through them. And years later, when they're telling me the story, even the aunt who had all these saints, you know, she laughed. But what she was trying to teach me was they had gone down a path of believing in something. They got so caught up in it that they thought it was real and when it wasn't. And it's only the truth of God that really sets you free. And so when we're talking about Halloween, all saints day, it isn't about us. That this time was set up. It was actually about saints praying to them and thinking that each saint has a role and that if you pray to this saint, it's going to do something for you. If you pray to that saint, it's going to do something for you. Guess what, guys? It doesn't work that way. So, whether it's because of the evil of the pagan ritual that happens on the day before or because of the All Saints' Day understanding, Neither excuse to me is it makes any sense. Neither. So there is one more argument that I think and that's the one about Christmas and Easter and why can't we do the same with Halloween? And I have one thing to say. This is the scripture they use, by the way. 1 Corinthians 9.22 To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that, I, that by all means I might, have, I might save some. This is the argument they use about why we should participate in Halloween. The same reason why we should participate in Christmas, the same reason why we should participate at Easter on those dates. But let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Doesn't the Bible tell us to be careful and to judge by fruit, by the fruit that we see that comes from people? Doesn't the Bible say that? Doesn't the Bible say that you can't get grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Well, let's see what happens on Halloween. Let's talk a little bit about Halloween, whether it's All Saints Day or Samhain or the combination. Let's see what happens. Number one, most horror movies and even the most disgusting and vile movies are inspired by this day. And in fact, in Hollywood, they use this day as the day to actually release a lot of them. Or to release documentaries lead up to it. Right? C- serial killer documenta- documentaries. Movies. Everything. Any kind of evil. They're trying to bring out on this day. If this day was such an easy day to deal with, would we do that? I was, I was talking to one of my children. And they were telling me about how twisted... Young people are. With all this stuff that's coming out, with the serial killers, with all that's happening. And you gotta ask yourself why do they bring it out on as you're approaching Halloween? Why do all these releases come out as they approach Halloween? You gotta ask yourself why? So let's look at the fruit of what's happening. Let's look at a young people. There have been many studies that have shown but the scariness of Halloween, which a lot of us joke with, which a lot of us try to pass off as cute, has psychological impacts on children when they become adults. It's a proven psychological fact, especially, at, especially in that age of six, seven, eight, And that's one of the most popular ages to take kids out. And they get exposed to really, really terrible things. And they, they laugh because they get shocked but you know what that laughter isn't a laughter of jubilation and the impact is pretty heavy look at what's happening to all the stuff that's coming out the serial killers everything that's coming out I, I I read this article and it's it's a Twitter article and it comes out and it's it's about how this reporter online is just blown away by how all these girls are fascinated by these serial killers And he's tweeting. He's he's interacting with them. And guess, and guess this is one person that he's interacting with. And listen to listen to what uh, he wrote. He goes. He said to this to this one girl online on Twitter. But you identify as a feminist. So he's saying to this girl, you're a feminist. Isn't men killing, raping, eating women, kind of the opposite to feminism? Or is it the fact that this is exactly the kind of thing you're not supposed to find attractive that makes it appealing to you so much? So this is what this person wrote. I am a radical feminist who also happens to be highly attracted to people that abuse and murder women. This makes no sense to me, whatsoever. Oops, I actually don't find Dom or attractive anymore. She once found this guy. Do you know that this guy, when I was growing up, because of everything that he did, they sealed those files for nobody to read, and then they just opened up recently? But it was so ugly, the kind of things that he, that he did, that they sealed them from the public. And now they're completely available. She says, I like Bundy and Ramirez a lot better. Ha ha. This is online. This is online. And you might think, oh, this, Julia, this might be in the States, right? This in the States? No. There's an account, a Twitter account in Canada with thousands of teenagers on it. A Canadian Twitter account. And this is what this reporter goes on to say is, and its followers actually follow infamous serial killers and rapists like Rich Ramirez. And they put his face as a, as a profile pic. So when you're on Twitter, that's the profile pic, is is this guy. A short scroll through its feed, I found a tweet that showed photographs taken at the crime scenes of victims of the Hillside Stranglers. A pair of cousins who murdered 10 women in Los Angeles between 1977 and 1978. The women in these photos were naked and had been dumped at the side of the road after being raped and killed. This is what teenage girls are posting and watching. This is twisted. This is wrong. So this guy is looking at this with his girlfriend and he goes, after a short debate with my girlfriend who wanted to report the page, so you know the girlfriend was at least wise to the situation. I I instead decided to look at the people who had retweeted and like the photos you know like you can retweet and say if you like it i need to know what kind of person clicks the heart button under pictures of murdered young women the answer was mostly young women many of the bios contained the word feminist along the things like ted bundy's number one fan or serial killer enthusiast we are called to be holy we are called to be holy. If there are things in this world that we are supposed to run away from that are bad for us, more importantly, that are bad for others, should we participate in it? Should you join this this Twitter account just to check out these photos? Do you think that you can look at these photos and just for educational purposes so you can get to understand what's going on? Do you need to do that? Now, some people online, yeah, I'm, a, I'm of the conservative sort. I admit that. And there are some people who are more liberal. And you might know people in family or other Christians. And they might say, Julie, you're taking this too far. Halloween isn't that that bad. Come on, if, if, if you do it right, it won't be that bad. So, I went to the Atlantic magazine. If you guys don't know what the Atlantic magazine is, probably one of the most central left-leaning type magazines in the United States. The Democrats love this magazine. And so I just, I wanted to get some information to say, is it, am I just being some conservative, you know, radical here? Or where's your sources of information? And here's, here's one source. And the Atlantic magazine said that there have been studies, lots of them, in the U.S. that looked at what costumes do to children and adults. And what they found is that the way you dress and what you dress with has a huge impact on how you behave. They did a study that looked at, you know, if, you, if you're recognized as a child when you come to take... The candy, and you know, when you're when you're going trick or treating, versus not being recognized. How do you behave? And so this researcher would have candy outside, and a child would come up, all dressed up, and if the child had a rec, if they could recognize the face, oh, you look, you look so pretty. Thank you for coming. Take a candy, and the, and the person would walk away. But they'd be studying. They'd have a camera there and be studying. And so when the child was recognizable and was wearing a simple costume that wasn't so out there they would only take one candy but when the child came with a mask and a very negative oriented evil based costume oh I can't recognize you Oh, you look scary and they walked away you can take one candy when they walked away they took more than one candy in fact a lot of times they would take a fistful and guess what Children who dressed this way were three times more likely to take more than they were given permission to. And so they decide to try and test this with adults. If adults dress up in these costumes, do they behave differently? Guess what? The same result. The same result. You cannot think that you can touch This isn't about touching the garment of Christ. This is about touching the garment of Satan and think that you cannot be touched. You will be impacted. You cannot play with fire and not get burned. You will be impacted. So this is what it says from the Atlantic magazine. So parents scrambling to find their children last minute costumes, listen up. For the good of humanity, please, remember it's a humanist magazine, please put down the bandit mask, the witch hat, the horns, and the pitchfork. So it isn't just radical Christians who are saying be careful. We're starting to see that a lot of other people are also saying there's something not good about this this celebration. There's something not good about this celebration course there isn't first Corinthians one two I remember when uh, we were downtown and we'd see a lot of this kind of stuff when we when we were downtown, and I remember there was once and, and, and there's evil everywhere right there's satanists around the corner there's prostitution, there is human smuggling there is you know like the corner in which we, we you know, went and, and served the Lord to try and be a light. It was a place where everything you can imagine in Toronto came into that place, and you saw it all. You saw it all. And there, were, I, there was one thing that one day I really remember, that one year, and we rented, there were these two other buildings beside us, and in one building, there was one of these palm reader people, you know, Soothsayers rented the floor next to us in another building because it's all these little shops in downtown Toronto on Queen Street. And so here we are at church, and then we have this, this act of evil happening right beside us. And then within weeks, guess what happened? In the building, two old buildings over on the other side of us, a new bar opened up bar and restaurant. Guess what it was for? Witchcraft. You could go in and have a drink, have, enjoy the bar, and the drinks that they would give you would be concoctions that the witches would make. Oh, I want to feel strong today. Give me a concoction today made out of alcohol that I can take. And, and so you can go into this bar and you could, you could have this. Right on the street, you could walk by it. It was right there in plain... And then there were churches in between these two things. We didn't go out there and protest. What should we have done? What do you think? Should we gone out there and protest? Get placards. Get out now. Get out now. You know? Should we yelled, Gone in there and yelled at them? This is Satan's house. Get out of here now. How dare you? Do you think we should have done that? Or all the people wanting to go and pick their future? You're stupid. Do you really think that the future can be told off the palm of your hand? Should we have done that? What we did is we got on our knees and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And after about six months, one of those places closed down. And after another six months, the other place closed down. is what we need to do not point fingers and protest or participate that's not what our actions should be on things like this first Corinthians 1 2 says to the church of God that is in Corinth to those sanctified in Christ Jesus that is you you are sanctified in Christ Jesus call to be saints together for all those who are in every place Call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Both are Lord and ours. You are sanctified. You are saints. The power that Jesus has instilled in you is his power to get on your knees and fight evil. Don't let yourselves touch the garment of Satan. Don't. Don't think that you can be in the world and, and yes, there's that scripture, but it's not what it's intending to be. It's not saying be in the world and participate in some of the things that don't look so great and think that you're not going to get touched. You will get touched. You will be affected. What would we do? Well, as a family every year, Helen and I felt, this isn't something for us. And so every year, we would want to do something for our children that was fun. And so what do we do? We'd have a family night every Halloween. We'd ask them what their favorite movies are. We'd order their favorite food. We'd turn off the lights and we'd go down and we would just have family night. That is what you can do if you want to do something. And then pray. Pray for those who are caught. I want to show you something else. Ephesians 5, 8 to 11. Ephesians 5, 8 to 11. It talks about who we were and who we are. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good, right, and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. We know the truth, we know what happens with Halloween we know how children are affected we know and you know what it's kind of embarrassing sometimes when i present evidence that's scientific based you know why it's kind of embarrassment because i know that from our cultural perspective we're very scientific based and so if i if i bring out a truth in the bible and i say well the atlantic magazine says this and the in this psychology um uh you know the magazine for psychologists says this, it kind of adds validity and evidence to it. And, and I do that because that's something I do. I look for that because I'm a scientist myself. But in a way sometimes I'm a little bit embarrassed. Why? Because I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't have to. I remember when I work with the youth I say, guys, if you think science, I mean I'm not saying that science is bad. Because I took science and I say pursue science because it explores about learning what God has done but let me make something clear if you took one of my biology books from when I was in high school or university and you took it and you went to write your midterm in university you'd fail why Because that evidence, that truth is ever-changing. The universe is so big, then it's smaller, then it's bigger every 10 years. But the truth of God never changes. The word of God never changes. It is the most read, the most sold, throughout all of history, even today. And so we who have the word of truth and the light in us, What are we doing going back and and dealing with darkness? Even in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 18, 11 to 12 says this. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens, a sorcerer, a charmer, or a medium, or a necromancer, or anyone who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. If God thought that it was okay to allow them to be amongst them, he wouldn't have said, I am driving them out before you. If God's desire was to separate His people, to make them holy, apart from those practices that are in the world, why are we as Christians trying to justify, trying to be part of something that is clearly spoken about in the Bible as evil? It doesn't matter if we put All Saints' Day. You could have put all of the all of the festivals on that day. It doesn't matter. Matthew seven sixteen says this. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Let's look at the fruit of Halloween. I know people will try to point out one perspective and this is the perspective that they will try and point out. Oh, it's children. Look at them. They're just going out and getting candy. There's nothing wrong with that. And you know what, guys? I'll be the first one to say this. If someone is not a Christian or believes what I believe and they do that, I'm not going to judge them for it because they don't have the truth that I have. They don't. So at work, my colleagues who say they take their kids out trick-or-treating, they think it's perfectly okay because they dress them up in cute little costumes and they go out and they get candy because that's, that's what they think is Okay. And you're not going to get anywhere 99% of the time by trying to say exactly, argue, point fingers, judge. You're not going to get anywhere. And until the truth of God is revealed to them, then I can have a conversation with them. Just like my aunt. Until God had revealed to her that those saints were not good, we couldn't go into her house and destroy them. But you here know the truth. And if you didn't, you know it today. If you were here last year, you would have heard it. What are you going to do from here on in today? That is my challenge to you online and here. What will you do from here on in today? All those arguments that try to make exceptions, because I know a lot of you search the net, and you'll search: is is Halloween okay for Christians? Google will pop up 100 pages saying, yes, it's okay. (laughs) Famous people. Sites that are famous. Sites that 99% of the time might say something that is true, but on this one, it's like off. Guess what I say, guys? It's the same thing I say To the kids, it's the same thing that I said 20 years ago when I used to teach newcomers class at this church. It's the same thing I'll say to you. If anything comes out of this mouth that is in opposition to what's in the word of God, ignore what comes out of this mouth, even though it's the person sitting up on that pulpit. Even though I've gone to school for numbers and numbers of years studying the Bible and scripture, it doesn't matter how much numbers or letters I have beside my name, it doesn't matter how many years I've been doing this. It doesn't matter how many churches or denominations I've worked with in the past. It doesn't matter how many pastors I know. That scripture feeds anything I say all the, time, all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. And if what I say isn't in scripture, then ignore me and do what scripture says. So don't search Google for your answers. Search the Bible. Search the Bible. James 3.17 But the wisdom that's from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Is that what you get out of Halloween? Then what are we doing, people of God? What are we doing? What are we doing? The scripture I chose for today is 1 Peter 2, verses 9 to 12, and it says this Beloved, I urge you as sojourners in exile, some translations say aliens, to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they might see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. You are a chosen race. The marvelous light lives in you. You are aliens, guys. It's okay. You know, I remember they used to ask me, and 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 you know, people at my work would come to me and say, "Oh, look at my daughter. She's dressed as an angel." I said, "Oh, she's pretty. You know, cute, very cute, right?" And then they'd notice I didn't say anything. Uh, They would go, "Do you take your children out in Halloween?" I go, "No, no, we don't celebrate Halloween." Oh. Most people would just leave it at that. Some people might judge you for that. And then some people might get curious and want to know why. And that's the spirit at work. We are not to be the same. We are not to be the same. In all aspects, not just Halloween. Halloween represents a day where you have to make a choice. And yes, your children might get confused. Or even some of your family members might get confused. But don't judge them. Love them. Just love them. Love your neighbor. Love your coworker. They'll ask you, just tell them what's on your heart, what you feel. Without judging. And maybe the spirit of God will create a conversation that can actually lead to something beautiful. You know, that is the most effective evangelism in this world. When Christians are holy. Because he is holy. And instead... Of all this content online that saddens me, of all these people trying to justify why we should celebrate or participate in Halloween, we should be actually abstaining from it. We should be running from it. Uh, I read, I read earlier Romans 14.1. it says it says about, you know, we have different opinions. But you know what Paul is saying is he's saying, look, if you have different opinions, don't quarrel, don't argue. Later on in the same chapter, he goes, don't judge. You might have different opinions. Don't judge and don't quarrel. So how do you deal with it? You deal with love, humility, patience. That's how we deal with these issues. But let me say to one thing, whether you agree with me today, whether you agree or not agree With Pastor Dino last year And the year before And stuff they presented If you agree with me Or you don't agree with me There's one thing as Christians If you are Christians If you are set apart If you are saints There's one thing that you will agree Is that Halloween introduces a lot of evil That we can all agree on And that that evil Has negatively impacted children Year after year That no matter what our efforts is, you're not going to change Halloween because the spirits of darkness worship Halloween and they will fight to keep it. If you disagree with me, you cannot agree with me on that. And guess what? And if if you disagree with me, there's another thing you can't disagree with on. Satan will use Halloween to trick people and to get them to follow him, just like the guy told you earlier in this story. Guess, guess what? He told me it was through Halloween, Julio, that I was introduced into darkness. It was through Halloween that I started using one of those those wiki boards. It was through Halloween that I got introduced to Satanism, and it is through Halloween that I became a Satanist. And I tell you, there are many stories like that, many. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 is Paul teaching in the church about food sacrificed to idols. And we'll we'll take that principle. And it says, you know what? The food that is sacrificed to idols, if you know it's from God, that's okay. Go ahead and eat it. If they sacrifice a piece of wood, who cares? If you know that that's just a piece of wood, go ahead and eat it. But then he talks about, but if your brother thinks otherwise, and you use your freedom of choice because you think that you're strong and can handle it, and you know that your brother is offended or scandalized by it, and you go ahead and do it anyway, knowing what is happening, you are doubly at fault. So let me ask you, people of God, here online and here in the church, when you participate in something that you know hurts people, when you participate in something that you know is filled with evil, when you participate in those kind of things, and you say, well, I think I can do it, and... There's nothing wrong with it. But now you know, yes, there is something wrong with it but because you have your, either your passiveness to it or your active participation in how cleansed you want to do it, you're still encouraging that celebration to go on. Your neighbor's going to see it. Your family's going to see it. Your co-workers are going to see it. And so they're going to think it's okay. You go to church, so it must be okay. And guess what? It might be one of their children that end up starting to play with a wiki board. It might be one of their children that because they allowed it, because they look at you as Christians and think, well, if you think it's okay, then it must be okay. That's your responsibility. And you will be held accountable for it. It is not benign. And no matter what you do, you can't erase that fact. And so today I'm calling you, please, please. I know that you don't worship Satan or celebrate or do any of those things. But I am asking you either for your own sake or the sake of your own family or for the sake of others. If you think that you're strong enough to stand. And I I warn you, be careful once you think you stand. The Bible talks about that. But even if you think you can, what example are you making of yourself to others? And what danger are you putting others in? People you may not even know. That once happened to me on a completely different topic. I thought that it was okay and I was immune to it. And another Christian saw me and I wasn't doing anything sinful, but I knew that that was a weakness of theirs, and I didn't think they were watching, and they saw me and they fell, and the conviction on me was strong, and I tell you, Halloween is one of those. Protect your children, protect your neighbors, protect your coworkers by what? Being a light, being different, being sojourners, being alien, and how do you do that? By being holy. In the same way that in Deuteronomy, God said that he would remove all those things from his people. You now need to remove all of those things from your presence, from your home, from your thinking. Completely cleanse yourselves. Completely cleanse yourselves. So let us stand. Let us stand. We are going to pray. We are going to pray. We are going to pray for God's guidance on us. We are going to pray for loved ones, for people we know that are in this trap. We're going to pray for God's truth to permeate everything that we do. We are going to pray for God to help us to be holy. And most importantly, we are going to go on the offensive and we're going to pray against the evil that is out there that is trying to destroy people, that is trying to lie to people, that is trying to take people to hell because we are Christ's army we are his soldiers and it is through prayer that we do battle and today we're going to do battle we're going to do battle here today in worship and prayer and i'm going to i want to call people prayer warriors you don't have to be come to the front but i'd like to call the people who want to pray who want to come to the front and just pray come to the front as we worship pray and start praying out loud and start reprimanding Satan, and start calling for God's truth and holiness to fill this church. Josh, please, come up. Let's pray together. Let us gather together here in the front, and let us bring this holiday that's coming tomorrow. Let us bring that to the Lord. To some of the lies that are out there. And let us close the truth. Amen? Amen.
1: do oh. out in prayer that's right you're gonna lead the congregation as we stand in the front you might be in the pew we do this on Wednesdays we're gonna do it again this morning you're gonna lead us in prayer because I want you to know that what goes on today tonight primarily at around midnight I have the knowledge you have the knowledge those who've understood this we know that the Debauchery and barbarity of some of the activities that take place on Halloween Eve and also Halloween, the very day, tomorrow. Some of the sacrifices that take place in satanic rituals. In the name of their God, the name of satanic, their God. They worship Lucifer. They celebrate the the, uh, the Day of the Dead, which is Saman, that Pastor Julio mentioned. And it culminates in a sacrifice to Satan. And they have their demonic communion service that evening. In celebration, and they sacrifice. And by the way, the increase of drugs and fentanyl This is facts now. I heard this on the news and it's been verified. There's been an increase in distribution of candies. They put drugs and every time a child takes a candy whether they have razor blades in it or drugs like fentanyl that child becomes a sacrifice to the devil. Unaware. I want you to know that. These are not stories. These are facts. I have talked to witches and warlocks about this day. And they all say the same thing. In fact, this is the most celebrated day in all the demonic world. The demonic realm, no day is elevated more than this day. You need to know that. And so as Pastor Julie said, we have no business participating in it whatsoever. But we have. The responsibility to pray and to seek God. And as he mentioned, do you know how many times God has intervened? I know of one story in particular where God has intervened in an actual demonic, satanic ritual on Halloween where they were about to sacrifice a child and something took place a miraculous move of God where the high priest couldn't do anything and the light of Christ came in and stopped that ceremony and that priest got saved these things can happen but that happened because a group of Christians prayed and that's what we're going to do today and what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to lead us in prayer today not all of you obviously but those that are here primarily that's why you're here so I'm going to ask all of you to lead us in prayer not too long but long enough and what we're praying for is that God would intervene supernaturally as we have just heard in the hearts of the children the hearts of some of the ceremonies and the people that will attend some of these demonic ceremonies the hearts of the parents that they would see the reality even participating in something they think is just fun and games, what they might do to their children down the road in inadvertently. We want to pray for all those things. But can we pray especially? And I just sense to say that pray especially for what is going to take place tonight and tomorrow night at 12 o'clock. And some of these ceremonies as they. Worship Satan and and sacrifice children. You know it's a fact that every year, during this time of the year, children go missing more than any time. Facts. Animals go missing more than any time around this time. Why? Because they're sacrificing animals. and These children that go missing that, that are never found... I'm gonna tell you something, it's hard for me to say. A lot of them have been sacrificed to the devil. I know it's crude and it sounds horrific, but it's the truth. I'm telling you, this is the truth. Our children are under attack today more than ever before. We're seeing an increase in this, even in our commercials. We're drag queens. Drag queens are making commercials, and now they're they're ministering to the children. minister to the children it's all a ploy of the enemy the devil wants to destroy and attack our children more than you can even imagine Christian friend it's time to pray